This is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I'm Mike. And I'm Antonis, and we are your hosts. Mike and I are intertemporal gliders, bringing you stories from across the multiverse to inspire better presents and better futures. And I'm Caitlin, an intertemporal scribe. I help interpret stories in the hopes of making them relatable to everyone across the multiverse. In our last episode, we heard from Tev Dillar, a young Serlidan xenoanthropologist with a special interest in Earth and humans. Earth and humans in her universe, that is. You see, Tevdilar's main struggle is on the moral grounds of the Serlidin's policy of non-intervention, as she has observed many civilizations perish for reasons that might have been avoided if the Serlidin had shared some of their observations. Yes, it was so moving to hear Tevdilar's story of visiting the ancient cathedral in the city of Cologne, a reminder of the fate that has befallen so many societies across the multiverse. We thoroughly enjoyed chatting with her, and we will have to have her on again in the future. You can say that again. Today, we're hearing from Barrel, a product converter for the most onboarded project management software in the United States and Canada. That is, her United States and Canada. Exactly. Ah, good point. We're excited to have Beryl on, both because she's the first guest from a semi-amphibious species of humans we've had on the show, and because it's the first time we've spoken with someone who works at a corporation. In Beryl's universe, humans sometimes organize themselves in large groups called corporations, and they use computer software to help keep these organizations productive. Corporations, like the one Beryl works for, often exist to produce and sell a product or service to other corporations in exchange for something they call money. That's a type of token system similar to the one Antonis and I discussed in the episode when we heard from Antonis's alter ego in a parallel universe. Project management software is one of the technologies that corporations of humans and such productivist societies use to maximize their token exchange-worthy activities. Money is still used on Earth in my universe, but in Mike's and Antonis's, it's a relic of the past. That's right. Somehow, worlds obsessed with production and money and token exchange have always been fascinating to me. I actually think it's exactly the kind of thing a xenoanthropologist like Tev Dillar would love to hear about. But spending one's life working for one of these corporations sounds painfully dull. I'm intrigued to hear Berle's story and talk to her about spending so much time working at one of these corporations. Well, should we have a listen? I'll say. Let's roll. A typical day for me. Wake up, eat breakfast, brush teeth, in that order. It's not technically the right way according to dental consultants, but in this profile of a COO I read, she swears by it. Something she called hard stops, tasks with finite ends. Breakfast is open-ended, but brushing your teeth you can only do for so long. 
In between those, I get dressed at some point. Of course, everyone in the, no disrespect, but skilled professions works from home. But I'm going to be seen a lot, and I find you just don't work the same when you're wearing jammies on the bottom. I'm not too much of a clothes sort of gal, so for me, it's usually some smart pants and a fun top. Nothing too flashy, but I think I just look healthier with some color. Pink, peach, orange. I go for that kind of neck that looks split at the top like scrubs. And I love that, what's it called, modal. Feels like silk, but it's not. The day really starts when someone glows me. That's how we keep in touch as part of our workflow. From work, everyone gets a PC, a webcam, and a cloche with a firefly inside. That's Firefly with a capital F, it's proprietary. When the Firefly glows, we know to check our notification dashboard. It was discovered that this is a calmer way to keep people connected. We could all use more calm, I'll admit. I'm a product converter, which means I'm responsible for the midpoint of our funnel. I work with the Scrum Master and the Task Pod to own every contact point in the process. Ha! I haven't even said what we do. We maintain the most widely onboarded project management software in the US and Canada. It's called Haven, spelled HVN. I usually work until lunch. Then I use my lunch to work out. I eat at my desk throughout the day. It's easier this way. I mostly do power yoga and core flow. It might sound weird, but I'm very into positivity. I read that movement is so important and I try to really live by that. If I don't have any meetings that day, big if, I'll go over my to-dos and cross-check anything that's queued or in a hold. It's a lot of chasing people down. We also iterate lots. Love, love to iterate. I'd be lying if I said I don't goof off a little bit if things are slow. I check the news, check on my investment accounts, see what crazy thing the president said lately, Striker, that's my youngest, just loves his movies. He's at that age where everything is jungle this, jungle that, tigers, binoculars, the whole thing. Whereas Riker's more interested in trading dog coins. No matter how many fire seasons I live through, it always catches me off guard. A weird feeling comes over my office when I realize it's dark outside. It's not dark the way night is dark, which between the streetlights and the satellites is usually lighter than you want it to be. It's a dark you can only appreciate in comparison to its expected lightness. Like those optical illusions that let you see an impossible color by staring at them a long time and looking away. I consider myself a rational person, but it even gets to me sometimes. I'm usually good at pushing these thoughts aside, but sometimes I feel like and I don't know how much sense this makes, but like me and my mind pull apart. Like the one observing this all is distinct from the woman with a family and a yard and things to do. I heard a song in my papa's music collection. He was a vet of the Battle of Lake Michigan. Great guy with an even greater handshake. And the song went like, is this my beautiful house? Is this my beautiful wife? It sure makes you think. Growing up in the Midwest, you're used to Mother Nature's extremes. It's practically a badge of honor to go to school in the slush. And the heat some summers, it could make your Nana curse. But this is new. It's different, I'll say. 
and so inconvenient, you know? You've got to plan around the smoke like it's the weather. My boys want to throw the ball around and they've got to wear those smoke cones. And their father is the biggest complainer on earth. I say he gets the man flu. Well, of course he has the worst sore throat, the itchiest eyes. He's a trip. And I'm not saying I like it any better. Give me sunshine any day of the week. I'm always telling RJ, we moved to Florida and you never have to buy me another anniversary present. He just looks at me like I'm crazy. Sure, you might get a little wet, but it's the furthest you can get for your dollar from the fires. He says he wants to be close to his mom. I said, that's what a mother-in-law sweet is for. Get some sand on her toes and a drink in her hand and tell me I'm crazy then. I'd say Q3 is really our busy season because it's sort of ramping up to that Q4. I'm running around a lot, going from meeting to meeting. We do all hands every second Friday where we check in on our objectives. We do a mission statement realign and we always close out with rose, thorn, and bud. It's something you're grateful for, something you're excited for, and something that's a low point, but not in that order. Mine last time was Molly increasing our churn rate by three points above annual projections, Joshua leaving our team for his fantastic new opportunity, and getting to put our new operational philosophy to the test next quarter. And I have to say, I'm excited for Q4 so we can finally get a break from the darkness. But what can you say? We do what we have to do. Your diaries, Beryl. Hi, how are you? Tell us a bit more about where you're joining us from. I'm calling from Bloomfield Charter Township, Michigan. It's the year 2038 over here. No idea how close or far that is to your listeners. And I'm in my kids' playroom because it's a better sound for recording. <laughs> yeah, we, we learned quickly when we started recording today that you have an echo. Luckily, your children's blanket did the trick. Forgive me, Beryl, but I feel like the Michigan in my universe is quite different from yours. Antonis, Caitlin, and I all hail from universes with a state with that name and states, generally speaking. But what is life in Michigan like in your universe? Yes, sir. I'm from an earth where we stayed a little closer to our origins. You know, life starts in the water and we just kept more of that. If it ain't broke, right? So that's why I'm this kind of pearlescent pink color and I got these gills and you can't see it on video but I've got a kind of tail works just fine that's incredible I'll say you know in glider school our class on multiversal ontology had a whole unit on pythonology across the multiverse so I always knew there were near infinite possibilities for parallel planets obviously stratified into various likelihoods but I guess I never pictured this scenario Indeed, Mike. Beryl, what more can you tell us about your world? We're definitely pretty rare. Only one in 500 Earths do people evolve like we have, as opposed to the uh, hairier kind. No offense. None taken. But you know, we study up on your universes. There's people who actually think we're the same, and we only became amphibious because we needed to survive a cataclysm. 
There's documentaries about it. I think a lot of us just want to think there's some connection there. It feels more special, I guess. It's kind of like how everyone has that uncle who's sure your family is Italian, has the flag on his mailbox, and then you do the spit tube and it comes back 100% Scots-Irish. I think I can safely speak for all of us when I say we know what you mean. In fact, many of the stories we receive are about people not being able to agree on fundamental truths. I don't know what to make of it. My papa, he was a smart man. Never finished school because he had to serve in the water wars at the Great Lakes. But he loves to read. Had the biggest library. I mean, out to here. Sorry, I know your listeners can't see me. But papa was always reading at least two books at a time. And he had this biography of a gal with a cute name. Penny, I think it was. She was from a universe like yours where they weren't amphibs but they learned to live underwater. A professor somewhere said it's proof we started out like that. Oh, that's Penny Wilson. We know her grandson. Yes, he was actually on the podcast. Shut the front door. It's a small multiverse. But wait, you mentioned the um, water wars? What happened? Well, if you ask my papa, he'd say taxes. Uh, Are you saying there was a war over water? The origin of life? Over taxes? Yep, but that was before I was born. This country weathered some tough times, but pressure makes diamonds, as they say. Today, everyone who lives inside the wall has all the water they can drink. We've worked it out so that it will never happen again for a long time. Oh, I've heard stories of walls that divide people in some universes. They rarely end well. That's for sure. I'd like to change topics a bit, but I wanted to ask you, how did you discover our show? We normally find diary entries through our glider research. This is the first time we've featured a story that has reached us through our multi-worldwide web story portal. We were quite surprised when we received the notification that the multidimensional intertemporal compass beams aligned. When we then listened to your story, we felt compelled to share it. What made you decide to submit it for us? One of my girlfriends just loves podcasts, and she's a listener. Hi, Meredith. But she told me, there, you've got to submit, because she knows I love keeping records, and I'm kind of the family historian. But I told her, Mare, that's not the same thing as writing something people across the multiverse are going to hear. But she got me to do it, and I have to say it was actually really neat. We're very glad that you did it. I wonder what other stories will come across the same way. Your story has a lot to do with your work and job description. What were some of your emotions and motivations when writing it? One of my favorite quotes I have hanging up is never complain, never explain. I always keep that where I can see it because I think it's so important. So when things could get to me like the fire or the darkness that descends because of it, I don't let them because things still need to get done. My Nana was a real tough lady. She had seven kids, all natural. That's why she thought it was nothing when my mom had six. And she and Papa lived up the street, so they had a big part in bringing us up. And I think that's why I take after them so much. They were pragmatic, upstanding people. Hard work is clearly a value of yours, as evidenced by the pride you take in the systems and processes at Haven. Listening to your story, I was very interested to know more about the Firefly technology you used to keep in touch. 
Could you tell us more about that? We knew for a long time that notifications were a problem. It used to be that you never knew when a ping was coming, so you were always sort of on that on switch. It was bad for your health and wellness, which was bad for productivity. They did research on what would be the most calming and effective way to keep everyone on task, and they realized it was batching. So you just look for that glow and go to your workspace to see what it is. And there's no hierarchy in terms of urgency. And that's probably the toughest part of my job, really, is those micro decisions, knowing where to put your focus, because it's all about time and managing it. When there was that cyber attack from Delmarva, we were in the middle of a V2 sprint. We lost so much time to that. It could have been a disaster, but our team put on the black coffee and muscled through. So the Firefly has really been great for kind of maintaining that balance. They based the design off the lightning bug, which was an insect. Wait, what? I know, isn't that neat? No, I'm, I'm referring to the cyber attack. You worked through that? Is that like a common thing in your universe? We tried. We had our tech people on the phone, but the internet was out completely, and we lost a day's productivity. The attacks are definitely becoming more common, yeah. Delmarva's been trying to provoke our country. I don't know if I agree with how the president's doing on that. Or much else. <laughs> right. Well, we are uh, somewhat of technologists ourselves. Most of the technology we're using to communicate with our guests and broadcast this show, we modded ourselves. I'm interested in how biomimicry informed the development of your Firefly technology. It's amazing how nature continues to inspire and take on new meanings as different contexts require it. You mentioned how your son is having a bit of a jungle phase. Are jungles something where, or I guess I should say when you are? I know our Earths share ecological histories, but I think our political timelines diverge somewhat. Yep. They're not like the jungles we see in the Multiversal Studios nature documentaries we stream on Netflix, but they do exist. We're told that the birds we get in the backyard were actually tropical ones. But that kid loves anything with a binocular on it. I don't think he's even ever held one. I guess you could say I'm that way about the beach. I've been trying to get RJ to warm up to a Florida move, but he's hybrid remote working right now. His job is why we're kind of a hike from the grandparents. I wanted to raise the boys the way I was, with all these grown-ups around you besides your parents, people who've been there and can give you a little push and cousins and kids your age who make you learn how to share. But look at me talking about Florida and taking us even farther away. That's why my husband calls me a nut. It sounds like the wisdom of elders is something you're trying to preserve in your universe. I think many of our guests can relate to that. I'm heartened to hear that jungles still exist in your timeline. And I must say I'm a bit jealous that you get to meet tropical birds. Likewise, Caitlin. A theme we picked up from your story, Beryl, is how things in your timeline are similar to their antecedents, but different enough that it takes some adjustment. Can you tell us more about the seasonal darkness you speak of? Are there strategies your people use to manage it? We use a lot of the same strategies as we do in winter. We're pretty far north, so we actually have even longer nights than our southern neighbors during daylight savings. 
And fire season is pretty much six months. So as soon as you're done with that, you have the regular winter darkness. It's like, can we catch a break? Golly. What I need to get is my girlfriend has this wake up light, but she uses it as a lamp when the smoke is really bad. It mimics the natural sunshine. So you get those sort of warm and fuzzy feelings you get from the sun. It doesn't feel off like turning on a light. I need to ask her again where she got that. And I try to stay active, stay busy. It can definitely wear on you, even if you do it your whole life. Ah, another new technology. We have to ask, how did you title your diary entry when you submitted it to our portal? That phrase doesn't appear anywhere in the narrative. It's a song by this fella from New Zealand. It's just one guy, but he called himself St. Lucia, like the island. It's really old music from my papa's collection, of course. Your love and admiration for your papa reminds me of my own fifth great-grandfather. Of course, I didn't meet him. You could say our paths were separated in time. But much the same way we get to talk to you across space and time, I got to meet him through his story of traversing the country in an electric vehicle. You could say our elders' stories are inheritances, just like music accounts. Wonderful observation, Mike. It also reminds me of our own multiversal, unique sentiments, intertemporal captivator. Um, before we let you go, Beryl, we'd like to ask our guests this question. What do you hope our audience takes away from your story? Gosh, that's a great question. You know, I wasn't sure about writing something so personal, but I'm so glad I did. Because I was brought up to be strong, but I think part of strength is showing your gooey center sometimes. I grew up hearing stories about how tough things were for the previous generations. And you know, those stories weren't all about winning. They were about the losing that comes before the winning. And you need to see someone who's made it through the fire to know you can make it too. That's what stories do. Oh, I hear you, Beryl. That's also our main motivation for doing what we do. In our work as gliders, we also try to find the right stories across the multiverse that strike this balance you mentioned. But we're also struggling to share learning points from these stories while understanding and respecting the different systemic environments these are taking place in. I think the year is close to changing in the universe we're broadcasting to this time, so we should probably mention that we intend to be revisiting past universes in this, um, I mean, your new year, and reconnecting with past guests as we've been gathering more questions than answers so far, and our research still has a long way to go. That's right. So if you like what you've been listening to so far, stay tuned for more. Well, that will do it for this episode of Future Diaries. If you've enjoyed our show, as always, subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universes we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter and find other ways to support the show. I'm Mike. I'm Antonis. And I'm Caitlin. And we'll talk to you in, in the, the future. future.